When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. everyone it's david here with heart and hand extra this week we are here to preview the kilmarnock match on saturday now you're right uh, this is usually cammy's job but uh, after engineering a coup and taking over extra he buggered off on holiday to celebrate his wife's 30th birthday so muggins here got lumped with it and i thought well in that case i'll pull out someone who knows what he's talking about from our preview show over on patreon i've invited kev armstrong hello kev good afternoon david always a pleasure to be on the extra show well most of us think so maybe not cammy because he's chucked it already yeah we joke we joke joke. he's back next week folks if you're getting used to his dulcet tones but uh yeah I'm, i'm here as a substitute and uh we're here of course kev to look ahead to saturday and can't wait for a game because if ever we needed one it was after last sunday and the reaction that that followed before we we get into looking ahead to saturday um the reaction has been long and loud. Could really have done with a Wednesday game this week, but it wasn't to be to try and shake those cobwebs off a little bit. What was your take on it? Because, you know, we discussed it on Monday and a few days later, uh, it, it's still going on in place. Uh, my my view then and, and now remains that it wasn't so much a reaction to Sunday as a reaction to a performance that we've seen far too often. Indeed, um, he has described it wonderfully on the flagship this week and summed up my feelings. It was, had we went there and drew two all and it'd been an all-out war and we'd somehow managed to claw back a, a point from the, the jaws of defeat, then he might have been okay with it. But it's the fact that it's the same performance that we've seen so many times from this Rangers team. They, they divert into the side-to-side passing and I'm pretty sure if you'd asked Livingston, what do you want Rangers to do when you play them? It would have been pass the ball about the back, and then when they do get forward, 
ping balls into the box where we've got four, five, six players in there against Alfredo Morelos and we'll easily head it away. And again, you summed it up perfectly on Monday when you done the flagship. But the only chances we had was a free kick from Borna late on in the game and then one from Ryan Kent that's been fashioned in uh, injury time pretty much. And that's not good enough for Rangers. Now, if you want to be positive, you could say yes, but we're top of the league and we've not conceded a goal. But this is Rangers, that's uh, not good enough. We demand victories and a lot of the time Livingston were pretty much kicking the ball the way they were facing. So it's not as if we needed the four men back there, but it's done. You're right, a Wednesday game would have been ideal to get it out of the way and maybe talk about a victory or something else, but it just seems to have left a bad taste in the mouth since last Sunday. Does the manager take anything out of that game for Saturday or does the fact that, well, that's an away game, it is different. I mean, it's especially different this season. Is that? I'm not asking if that's the right mentality, incidentally. I'm just asking if you think that is the mentality of saying, right, but at home we've been, you know, we've had two, three nil victories. Um, I'm not going to change what we do there, even though it's likely we're going to face a similar style of opposition. Well, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? Because it's been these games over and over that have tripped us up the last couple of seasons. We've went to the bigger grounds and we've won. <laughs> we've played well. But when we come up against these wee teams, and again, you just highlighted it last week, the plastic pitch and stuff. But Borna said himself, it's not an excuse. The manager, I think he has to change his thinking a wee bit. He has to be more... Even if he wants to start out with the, the whole two sitting midfielders, he has to learn quickly that this is the way they're playing, this is the way they're sitting in. They've got no intent of coming forward. So we've seen managers like Advocate, you've done Advocate years on the Patreon site, and you talked about how he would make early substitutions and change things across the city for all we don't like comparing to them. Lennon has adapted his formation mid-game, sometimes multiple times, and it has worked for them, even going three at the back and two up front. And again, we come back to the manager's use of substitutions where... One of his first changes at the weekend was bringing Brandon Barker on, and Barker has done okay in the preseason games, but he's not the type of guy that you want to bring on when you're facing a six-man defence because he's got no space to operate. His key strengths are running at people with the ball into space and getting balls in the box. There was no space to do that at the weekend, so I think more people were wanting more attackers on, i.e. Itton or Roof and going with two up front but I seem to be the manager just likes this formation and he likes to stick with it and doesn't like to change it and it might very well be our downfall hopefully not, hopefully we'll learn from it and hopefully we'll, we'll absolutely batter somebody because I do think we've got that in this squad and in this team we've got that ability to go out and batter somebody but you just feel that this team needs an early goal to sort of set them in the way and when we don't get it we tend to run out of ideas about the 25 minute mark for whatever reason so to Saturday then, we have Kilmarnock coming to Ibrox. They have very much made it difficult for Rangers over the last few seasons, particularly, it must be said, at, at home at Rugby Park. 
uh, where Rangers have struggled very badly in recent times uh, to get results. Uh, Rangers have a, a better home record uh, at home to Kamala, but not many Dustins handed out to them. Um, we know that under Steve Clark and now Alex Dyer, formerly his assistant, is is full time in uh, in the manager's chair. That Kilmarnock are organised, disciplined, they work to a shape. Uh, they have had players in the past that have been able to hit us on the break, but are maybe slightly in transition at the moment and, and not finding goals especially easy to come by. Uh, tell us a little bit, Kev, about what we can expect to face uh, and just how different they are from, if at all, from Steve Clark's Kilmarnock. Well, we discussed in the previous show how it's quite difficult to get a, a good idea of teams this season because of the lack of games, lack of pre-season friendlies and the whole lack of a, a proper transfer market. But we know what Kilmarnock will do. Kilmarnock's are, are the masters of this sort of football. You're right, since um, Clark came in, he's had them well drilled, he's worked the channels, he's sat in and counter-attacked with a good bit of physicality in the middle of the pitch. And we have struggled there in the past. Now, when they come to Ibrox, they've been a wee bit more easy for us to handle, but still it's that time wasting from like the very first minute, the taking forever for goal kicks, throw-ins, and I've watched the second half of them versus Celtic uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they were pretty much the same. I think that's the best they've played this season. Um, the boy up front who I cannot for life I remember his name just now, absolutely ragdolled their two centre-halves, who looks to be, it reminded me of um, who was the player that used to play with Dundee United and Hearts? Mark De Vries. It reminded me of that sort of big, physical, tough to get the ball off, and but maybe not the end quality or the end product to score enough goals. But we've seen with Lyndon Dykes move this week that that's what happens in this league, and these sort of players excel. Again, it'll be down to the management team to work out how we're going to break this down, because if we play like we played against Livingston, we'll struggle. We've not got the fans yet to back us to get us over the line. So we'll just need to do everything we can to play football and don't let it get into a battle. Because if it's a battle, we don't tend to like them. we not saying that we're scared of them, but we tend to get distracted and then we're not able to play our quality football. And as we all know, you need to earn the right to play your football in this league. And sometimes we've not been able to earn that right. You look back at last season, they were all tight games. We had a 2-1 victory down there. Uh, opening game of the season, everybody remembers Colin Goldson's header. And then we played them again down there in February where we lost 2-1, which was one of the games that absolutely threw away the league before it was awarded. Um, when we were one up from an Arfield wonder strike and then somehow <laughs> decided to throw it all away. So we do know what we're going to face with Kilmarnock. They've had a couple of personnel changes, but the message remains the same for them. Tough to beat. Tough to break down. Everybody works hard. A bit of grit in the middle of the park. And they'll just play for set pieces and on the counter-attack. I, I would guess that they'll offer more of an attack through the likes of Chris Park than, say, Livingston did at the weekend. They, they will build up play and they will try to make the most of their attacks because they're not the best start to the season. But, again, it's just down to win. We know this come on upside. They've still got different power in the midfield and we know what they'll, they'll provide. Is it easier? I mean, Kilmarnock's standout result this season obviously was their 1-1 draw with Celtic. Is it easier for a side like Kilmarnock, where the expectation has maybe been raised slightly over the last few seasons? Um, because, you know, they have been achieving easy top six finishes. 
is it easier for a side like that to play us and okay, they might lose, but there's no expectation on them particularly, and there's really no pressure on them to try and create, which is clearly the thing they struggle the most, that they know that they can just sit in and try and doggedly defend and pinch something. Is it, ironically, maybe a slightly easier game for them in terms of expectation from their own fans? Well, 100%, because it's the easiest thing in the world now. Well, not the easiest, that might be an exaggeration, but one of the easier things in football is to set up a team well. Again, we've spoken on the site many, many times how back in the 90s you would go and play a lower league side and you'd pitch up and you'd win the game without too much effort. But now you see even the lower league sides are well organised, they work in set pieces and they make themselves hard to beat. Now I'd go down as far as saying Kilmarnock are the best at this in Scottish football over the past couple of years. They excel at being hard to beat, but they've always had maybe a couple of goals along the way with players like Brophy or Boyd the last couple of years, who obviously is now away. But they've not got the expectation when the Carolina manager's looking at the fixtures, he's he's not circling Rangers and going, oh, that's a point there, or, or that's three points. He's probably writing it off, saying anything he gets a bonus. And unfortunately for us, the last couple of seasons, there was a good few bonuses because we've not found a way to break them down and we've lost silly goals to them. But again, we're Rangers, we don't look for the excuses, it's all about what we do, and we've not been good enough to win these games the last couple of years. Yeah, that's been the that's been the drawback. In terms of the match then itself, are you expecting to see many changes to the side? Um, I, I was happy enough for the defence. The defence, I think, picks itself. The goalkeeper in situation, McLaughlin's done very well in what we've seen him do. We always speak um, about how Rangers goalkeepers don't have a lot to do and then they have to make a save, and McLaughlin so far has done that. I've been quite impressed with his signing. So the back four pretty much picks itself. Holanda, uh, it's been good to see him come back and get times. Balligan's played well when he's been available. So that's the only change that we might make if Balligan was fit would be maybe to swap Holanda and Balligan because it allows us to play slightly higher up the pitch with the, the recovery pace that's there. Hadji, for me, is the one that might struggle to get a, a place in the side because I think he's been poor uh, at the start of the season. And that's not me writing him off by any means, but we know he's a, a, a moments player. But just this season, he's not looked himself. So you just wonder whether the manager will give him a wee break. But then again, he had the chance to take him off the last home game and when he made the four or five substitutions in total. But he made three or four at once and Hadji was left on, maybe to try and play his way into form. For me, Hadji's the only real question mark. Kent, I think, has done okay this season. A rebo would be brilliant to have him back if he's fit because I really think we missed his sort of link up play, the wee one twos around the box. And I know Alfredo sort of I think he quite likes playing with uh, a rebo. So and I think uh, Morelos will start up front because he's uh, he's still the main man. Roof didn't look hundred percent fit and I felt a wee bit sorry for it because he's come on in games where we've either made a, a rake of substitutions and the game's pretty much dead, or he's been thrown onto that game last week where there were six men and it was uh, near on impossible to get a touch of the ball in the opposition box. So I'd say it's pretty much going to be the same team. Maybe Hadji and hopefully Rebo will come back in for our field. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously getting a Rebo fit would be good. I think having Balogun back, no disrespect to, to Philip Hellander, would, might be useful because we'll obviously have the ball. And I, I just think that Balogun's use of it, there's nothing wrong with Hellander's use of it, but it's not as dynamic as Balogun or his ability to travel with the ball. You know what I'm going to ask you then? A lot of focus put on to the midfield pairing of, of Glenn Kamara and Ryan Jack. And I, I find it quite a difficult one. I think that there's more to it than just, the straight up, well, they're, they're both too defensive. They both played, they both finished the match last week. They're clearly doing the job that the manager asked them to do. I mean, that's otherwise that wouldn't be the case. So, is it really on them, or is it so much on the manager to say, "Look, I don't need both of you in this in this midfield today," um, or certainly the second half at Livy, I don't need both of you today. I can go with an extra attacking player in there. They must be doing what the managers asked. Um, it was wonderfully broken down by both Adam and Andy on the flagship this week where they discussed the roles and ideal world that is the role when the wing backs are so far forward and we do get counter-attacked on, they slot in, tidy up, recycle the ball. The problem is, I think, for most fans is the speed in which they're doing it. It's And they get sort of sucked into passing to one another when there's a, a quicker pass on. It's maybe riskier, but sometimes you need to take that risk. And I was actually most annoyed at the manager last week because I was amazed that both of them finished the game. It was clear Livingston were not coming out. They were more than happy with the point. And yet we are sitting with two defensive midfielders still on the pitch for 90 minutes. I would have taken one of them off and put a striker on earlier. So for me, it's on the manager. The players are clearly instructed to do this. I would like to see them do it quicker. But I think it's just the way that the manager wants them to play. But there was a couple of issue, uh, instances in the St. John's in the game, I think it was, where they broke up an attack and they had a couple of one-twos round about our own box. They did it really quickly. It was pass and move, pass and move, and then we sprung into a counter-attack. It was, was wonderful, but we've just not seen enough of that. And when we slow it down and let these teams get back into their defensive areas and their defensive structure, that's when we really find it hard. And for me, it all starts with Jack and Kamara. If we're playing bigger teams like Hibs or even Motherwell away or close going across the city, then fine, fair enough. We'll, we'll definitely need those two players in there. But when we're playing the, the sort of smaller teams, we don't need two defensive midfielders, certainly not for a full game. Uh, it's something I'd like to see is maybe tweak and try and go with one in there. Or, like you said, start with the two, and then if it's not working or we need a goal, take one off and get an extra attacker on. I would expect to see two in there because, you know, the manager is, is showing that he really believes in it. He's wedded to this. But would you be surprised to maybe see if Stephen Davis was to come in, say, for Glenn Kamara? Well, Davis is the other option. Um, Hart and Hands own, sponsored this year, of course. Yeah. Um, sorry, Stephen, we've obviously jinxed you and that's why you're not getting the team. No, 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 we sponsored, uh, the, we, we sponsored the Samaritan game. We won 3-0. The jinx is over. That is true. The jinx is gone. Jinx is uh, over. Stephen Davis is one that can certainly pick a forward pass and he's now moved into that quarterback role with his aging years. And he might be one that would replace Jack or Kamara. I'm not really bothered which one. I think Glenn Kamara's probably had the weaker start to the season, if we're all being honest. I think he had glimpses of it, but that seems to be Glenn Kamara all over, where you get glimpses and then he goes from... I, I think Jack is the more productive of the two, to be honest. For me, it wouldn't... You know, As you say, certain matches, I'd have Glenn Kamara in, but for a game that we're dominating the ball, if it was him or, or Ryan Jack, it would be Jack for me. Yeah, Um Jack is certainly the manager's favourite. I think he's spoke about it quite a lot. He, he loves Ryan Jack. So 
it would definitely be an option to bring Davis in. We know Davis struggled to sort of get up to speed when he joined uh, on loan last year and then really got a run of games under his belt and started producing more of the Stephen Davis form we've come to know and love over the years. So might be an option to put Davis in there just to move that ball a wee bit quicker because as natural footballers go, David uh, Davis is probably the best that we've got in that position for sheer just footballing ability. Uh, for all Jack and Kamara are good players, I think for the, the ball at feet, Davis is the man. Um, to certainly move the ball quicker and from side to side and he's got a wonderful range of passing on him. Okay then, Kev, um, big question, waited till the end. Who's going to win the match and what will the score be? Oh, I think we need to definitely get a victory here. There's no excuses. I think it may be tight um, and I'm going to go for 2-1. That seemed to be the score last season when the teams met. So I'll go to 2-1 Rangers. I'm going to go for 2 0 Rangers. Uh, I think the team's defending well at the moment. I think that Kilmarnock aren't quite, you know, you never know. I mean, I thought a yarder or a great bit of player, a penalty or whatever, but uh, I think I'll go for Rangers to win this one 2 0. I agree with Kev. I don't think it's going to be a sensational performance. I'm not sure it's possible to have one of them against Kilmarnock because of the way that they smother the ball and they smother the play, but hopefully. Rangers will have enough about us. Uh, I agree, I think Aribo would be key in helping us to do that. So his fitness, if he could come back in, that would be a huge boost. Right, folks, for full coverage of that match um, on Saturday, you know what to do. Go to our Patreon site. Um, that's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. And from just one ninety nine per month, you'll get the best coverage of Rangers matches. You get a pre-match build-up. You get a halftime report. You get a post-match build-up. You get a full pod breaking down it afterwards and you get our chief executive pod where the listeners share their thoughts on the result Kev mentioned the preview show he does um, that's uh, a lot more in depth a lot deeper than, than what we can do on extra uh, usually kind of comes in about the same time as the game lasts so uh, that shows you the level of detail in it so head over there uh, to sign up today thank you very much to Kev for joining me Thank you, mate. It's always a pleasure. And like David said, the preview pod goes a, a wee bit further in depth. And people have described it this week as a perfect board to be standing or sitting, drinking a pint with just before the game. So thank you there for you the invitation. And thank you to our executive producers, London Knightley and Paul Myers. We'll be back on Monday with full coverage of the, the match itself. So until then, have a great weekend and let's hope we're cheering Rangers on to three points. Till then, take care. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.